This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Everyone knows that putting money aside in savings is really important. But then what? Should you keep your savings locked in a CD for a higher rate or keep them liquid in a money market? Can your checking account help you save too? Or is it about creating the right combination? We believe real banking is a conversation. Let's talk about the savings options that are right for you. Learn more at sandyspringbank.com. Member FDIC. Hello and welcome to the second pod of the week. This is the Gameplay Pod. Plenty to discuss ahead of the first weekend league of FIFA 21 with Air Japes and Steve, the foot coach. I'm your host, Ben. This is the Foot Weekly Podcast, made possible by those supporters. Let's get into the pod. I wanted to start off with a bit of a discussion I've been thinking about myself recently because we had that Thiago Silva SBC. Thiago Silva is obviously a very strong card in terms of defensive stats, but he's only got 59 pace on the card. He's not very quick and going to struggle right against very quick attackers that you see all the time this year. But I did still see a lot of people saying that they were going to complete him for whatever reason. And I don't know, I was thinking about this and I feel people, because of the whole defensive positioning improvements and we've obviously talked a lot about what was written in those pitch notes, which said that that was going to be more important. It feels like people have, and I see this quite often at the start of the game, got into their head that you can get away with centre-backs particularly who aren't as quick as maybe you could in a past year. But I don't know. I really feel like this year, actually, because of the fact that pace is what people are relying on a lot of the time to create their chances, I've noticed, which is kind of an inevitable part of the game when so many people do have centre-backs that aren't that quick. You know, People are going to look for the things to exploit and actually pace is going to be that thing to exploit when centre-backs aren't quick. And Steve, I was wondering what your thoughts are on that. Is that something that you've seen? Uh, have you upgraded to faster centre-backs? Have you put shadow on, et cetera, et cetera? What are your thoughts on on pace on defenders at the moment? Well, yeah, I'm, I'm using Diego Carlos and Ramos, both with a shadow on them. And mm. you, pace is it's perhaps not quite as essential as it, as it has been in other years, but it's, it's still a thing. I mean, you, it's, it's still going to put you in a much better position if your defenders have got a bit of pace there. It's kind of situational. You, you need pace differently according to, to how you play. We discussed in the break there briefly that if you play a high line, then often that's to your advantage because you've, you've got a much bigger area in which for your for your defenders to recover, to make recovery runs. Uh, whereas if you're playing deep, obviously they don't have, have time to chase back. I think acceleration is the important statistic, more so than sprint speed. But yeah, I mean, Japes will talk, I think, about the fact that you can get away with, with slower players. But I mean, if, if you are using slower players, you've got fullbacks there that you can you can make recovery runs with and, and they can cover the centre-backs. I'm seeing a trend at the moment where people are moving towards playing um, fullbacks or outside backs, as our American friends call them, playing them at centre-back and 
this is something that I cannot get on board with at all. Um, Why? Well, I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, Japes, about the damage that somebody like Lukaku can do. As I say, you know, he, he just he made mincemeat out of Ramos and Diego Carlos, literally threw them over in the area, one after the other. If I'm at the loading up screen and I see that you're playing a couple of weedy fullbacks at centre-half, the first thing I'm doing is taking Hazard off, bringing on Lukaku and creating absolute mayhem in your area. Anybody who knows how to combat it, will, they'll run riot. I, I think it depends like who you're playing, like which fullbacks you're playing. Like I'm I'm certainly tossing around playing Kyle Walker as a center back. And with like a, an anchor cam, I'm pretty sure his strength gets up close to 90. Yeah, it's 89. I was looking at this the other okay. day. Yeah, 89. <laughs> uh, it's funny. I was, I was literally thinking about this the other day. Uh, 89 strength. And I think his defensive stats are yeah. great. Yeah. And I only say this because I packed him recently and I was, I was sort of looking at it. You know, I think people are talking about playing... Juan Basaka as a center back as well. Here's the calculated risk you take, Steve. How many players are going to have someone like Lukaku on their bench to bring on to try to exploit that? I, I'd argue that it's un, it's less than 5%. Like you might have that happen to you one game over the course of an entire weekend league. I certainly don't think this trend of using fullbacks as center backs is going to go anywhere. And having, you know, I talked about Nicolas Zula and how he's a favorite of mine on the podcast quite a bit, I've grown less fond of him, even though I still have levels of success with him. But using a player like Klosterman instead of Sula allows me to better defend when I come up against your Rodrigo's of the world, right? A lot of these really, really just quick, pacey players. Now, what I will say is players like Klosterman, when they come up against your Mbappes and your Neymars, Mbappe and Neymar still managed to like skip by without Clusterman being able to put in a good tackle. So you're going to have to strike a balance between getting players that are fast enough to deal with counters and, you know, deal with your, your Neymars of the world and your Mbappes of the world that we're going to see over and over and over again in weekend league versus, you know, the, the off chance that you come up against your players like Lukaku occasionally. I think it's a fair point, Japes, but, um, I think it, it just goes to show the value of this podcast, doesn't it? Because all the listeners now can be prepared. Go out, get yourselves a Lukaku, stick him on the bench. And if you <laughs> see this happening, go and eat. Yeah, but I think, Steve, the other point that you have to say is it's not as simple as just like stick your Papa Lukaku on your bench, go out and feast. Because to use a player like Lukaku when you've been using someone like Rodrigo, or to your point, even like an Eden Hazard, you have to understand how to play an entirely different style of game. And I'm not saying that the listeners here, I think of all the, you know, sub uh, communities of this FIFA community, I think this listener group is most likely to be able to pull something like that off because of their willingness to try out different formations and different tactics. But it's not as simple as just like pop him on, use the exact same play style, and he's just magically going to score goals. You have to feed him differently. You have to have different instructions to get the most out of him. And you really need to understand what it means to have a big bodied striker that's just going to act differently to what you're used to. Yeah, I I assume that that went without saying, really. But I I think it's really interesting that we're kind of having this discussion because it's just not something we would have discussed last year. So I think that does show that there's this slightly bigger opening, I suppose, for a tankier striker or someone who's a target man to actually be effective, which just wasn't really the case last year. We'll have to see whether that continues across the year. 
as centre-backs get both fast and strong and there are loads more options who are fast and strong. I myself have realised that corners this year, are, you know, they're pretty effective. I'm sure plenty of people out there will have realised this as well. You can score from corners. So I'm actually thinking of just getting uh, a Vengost, I think he's called. He plays for Wolfsburg. He's six foot six. He has over 80 jumping, um, very high strength and aggression and, uh, you know, 88 heading accuracy or something like that. And just sticking him on if I get a corner in the last minute, because if you if you have a good free kick taker on your corners and a good header of the ball at the other end, and you manually aim properly, the keeper just doesn't get anywhere near the ball. If you have a spare sub at the end of the game, there's nothing to lose there. You might as well chuck them on. And actually, feeding back into this conversation on centre backs and defenders we were having, I guess the ideal combination is pace and height and heading ability and aerial ability faulty says is it me or is Virgil van Dijk not the best centre-back anymore unsure if it's work rates but he's gone on a few prime Ramos like runs breaking away from the back line resulting in easy counters yes he's on the precipice of division two and Varane is ace and I think I use both Varane and Virgil van Dijk both with shadow I really don't think it's the work rates I think it's just the pace especially at this point when maybe we're not so comfortable in our defensive game, having the pace to be able to recover is especially important. And with pace, as I was saying before, being the go-to way of opening your defence up, having someone who can match forwards for pace is invaluable. And Van Dijk can't, unfortunately. And maybe even someone like Joe Gomez would be better at this point for that reason. It feels better value spending on your defence. I've coughed up for Varane because I think he's actually one of the best centre-backs on the game and the price is not too bad. Yeah, I think you're I think you're having to go play in the icon range if you're if you're looking for someone like that. I will say I haven't used him in divisions, but if he even if I have like no chemistry towards a La Liga or French side in a draft, I'm still going to go and get him like if he pops up. You know, I I I guess what I'll what I'll say is I mentioned mm earlier on in some of the other podcasts how uh i think it's important to have a player that has a high enough like an 85 plus defensive rating in general um because it seems to like make a difference in the way that they tackle and how they um how they defend and he has that on his base default card i believe he's an 87 rated defensive stat but you slap a shadow on him and he gets up to like 90s in all of his sprint speed and acceleration i think and so that just makes him devilishly Mm -hmm. difficult to deal with uh because there's very few cards you know i can think it, it has to be it has to just be icons that probably play in that same range there so you know if i bet he i wouldn't be surprised if iran starts creeping up to 300k plus going into weekend league yeah i mean i wouldn't be surprised if when listeners are listening he's he's almost there anyway to be honest yeah i've got a i've got a question for the listeners real quick if any of you guys have used either the 85 or 87 soul campbell i would love to know what your experience with him has been because mm. i'm i don't know how important some of the I don't I don't think stats are like quite built the same way. And he's a card that hasn't been popular previously because he just wasn't that agile. Yeah, but he is point. Yeah, he yeah. is 
fast and he is a big bodied player. I believe he's got the stocky body type, so he will be thick at the back and he's strong too. So I, I, if any of you guys have used him, I am really, really tossing around getting him at this point because I think his value early is going to be good. And if his stats perform the way I think they will, I imagine that he'll go up in price. Yeah, I think you're right. I think they've been looking for a while to improve that defensive agility and balance in the jockey it's been talked about by EA for a few years in terms of gameplay improvements and I think we might be getting there I thought agility was so important last year still but the likes of Varane you know they do feel much better so it'd be very interesting to see how it plays out over the course of this year talk of which this question relates to that let's move on to something a bit different a good one to start us off talking about gameplay more generally Hugh says, with the first weekend league upcoming, what sort of lessons are you taking from rivals games on what is working with players, tactics, etc.? Is there a meta tactical style you're expecting to see a lot? Steve, uh, do you want to start us off? Well, there? I, I think we can return to something that we discussed just a few moments ago and the fact that when we were talking about the idea of playing fullbacks at centre-back and bringing on the big men, I think it's really significant that we're even having a discussion about changing your play style mid-game. That, that it's so mm. viable to actually do that because in, in previous iterations of FIFA, it, it wasn't. There was there was one so-called meta and that was that. Um, I think it's a very different beast this year and I think that pretty much all options are on the table, which I think is is fantastic and it's, it's really one of the most promising aspects of the game at this stage. So in terms of a meta, probably the, the closest thing that I've seen is the, the idea of pinging lobbed through balls out to your your quick pacey um, wingers there's a lot of that going on and it again it kind of comes back to what we were discussing with with the importance of center backs because when you do get hit on a counter like that yeah it's important to try and prevent it in the first place by having quick fullbacks to cope with the winger but what's going to happen is that your opponent is going to be through clear out on the wing and for as long as he's out on the wing, he's no threat. That's not a problem. The problem only really develops when they cut back inside and, and get into to what's often called the golden zone, you know, that sort of channel in front of the goal. And mm. the, the way that you're going to prevent that is through using your centre-backs. So, you know, again, going back to that issue, centre-backs, incredibly important. But to, to go back to the question in terms of a meta, I... Maybe one will emerge through weekend league. That's generally where they do tend to emerge. Um, but at this point, I'd be, I'd actually be quite surprised if they do. Yeah, look, it's such an early stage. We have really never seen a meta develop this quickly. And this year, I feel like it could take a little bit longer. We'll have to see. We've obviously got patches to come and things like that. But I would say the 4 one 2 2 ping-pong passing it is something that you'll see. I think it's just something easy that people slip into because it's a straightforward way of doing attacking play when the mechanics and other elements you're still learning, right? Yes. I'd also say that, you know, your ping pong kind of passing through the middle is one of the easiest ways to exploit bad defending. Uh, And knowing that manual defending is pretty tricky this year. Also, I'd say that if you don't have pacey defenders, it's like one of the easiest ways to kind of take advantage of that as well. And so I do think that is going to be pretty common. I, but I don't think it's just necessarily to the four, one, two, and two narrow. I just think in general, 
that will be popular with uh, some elite players, but I, I really think the 442 of all of the players that I've come up against, the some of the best players have been using the 442 and it feels really, really strong as well. Um, and so I think once you get like the the 41212, I will say as well, what that does nicely is it covers up weak players on your side to play a 442 where you have mm. a decent amount of space between some of your players and some of the passes can be a little bit trickier to make and you get in more situations where you have to play in one-on-one uh, you need you want higher rated players for that to feel good and in the 4122 narrow and narrower formations in general those situations are just less you're asking their physical attributes to play the game for you because of how pa- easy passing is in some of these small areas so um that's why i think that'll be pretty common i also you know to the i don't know if it's the bane of my existence or what but i think that fast buildup is going to be a very common tactic in Mm. the next few weeks i think more and more people are going to start to talk about it that's interesting i have tried that a few times and it does although it's somewhat hard to get to grips with because things move quickly and when you're trying to learn a game it's not necessarily the best way to do it but it does feel like all those great AI attacking runs and those kind of things are just like sped up basically in terms of how quickly they fly off. So they're all of, over the place. Yeah. I, I imagine once you kind of get control of the whole thing, it could be yeah, very effective. I, I hope I'll be able to create a video on this for my YouTube channel, but there is a five, three, two fast buildup tactic that I've been toying around with that uh, has the potential to be like pretty special in like a fun way, mm. in a way that just doesn't, that feels like something different to what people are used to seeing and playing against. And so I'm hoping that I can get that right and take it into Weekend League and then release a video on it if I do have success in Weekend League. Because I don't want to release a video on saying that I have all the answers to all the formations, right? I want to make sure that it's a good tactic. And this is always my thing every year, right? Everyone's like, oh, the 4-1-2-1-2 early on, they'll say it's really effective. And it is really effective. But in my opinion, if you want to play well and get beyond... To, to push your abilities beyond a certain point, you will not do that in a 41212 narrow. It's so uh, limited. No, no, no. Look, I, I know what you're going to say. You're going to say that actually it can make you perform above your ability, which I think is true. But what I'm saying is it, if you want to actually improve your actual ability at the game, in a 41212, you're not going to improve your actual ability at the game. You're just going to maybe improve your results for a bit. So what I would encourage people to do is if you would like to have that as an option, as a game plan, I think whatever, go for it. But I do think it's important to push beyond that in terms of, yes, it might be looking like you're getting better results with it, but I would say ultimately you're not going to learn the game and have as much fun as you would in another formation, most probably where where you have more options and you can actually play wide and and do the do the full set of things that are available to you, right? And I do think the four one two one two is more viable this year because players will actually move into wide areas and take up positions which do allow you to take advantage of hello listeners welcome to the break hopefully you're enjoying this gameplay pod remember the content pod is also out but for supporters this week and last week it was the other way around so we're doing a nice little alternating pattern the other thing is there's a start of fifa 21 12,000 fifa point giveaway on the patreon and we're getting really close to 500 patrons, which means we do another giveaway. So if you would like to get involved in possibly two giveaways and support the pods for £3 a month and also get plenty of other perks in return, including even more at the higher tiers, then please do head over and support the pod if you can. 
you can do that and enter the giveaway at bit.ly slash pod points 21 so that's bit.ly slash pod points 21 all right let's get back into part two at lowe's we know you can get the job done faster if you don't have to stop and come into the store all the time that's why we've updated our app with your business in mind with the app you can build quotes easily reorder your supplies track orders and much more so you can get everything you need right away stay on the job Finish it and get started on the next one. Download the app today because Lowe's knows time is money. Lowe's knows pros. There's a question here from uh, Ernst Gurka, which is an interesting one from a more sort of mechanics perspective. He says, first time shots that are not volleys or headers appear to be fairly ineffective. Has anyone else noticed this? Do you have any tips or thoughts on it? And I think I would actually agree with that. Volleys feel quite strong. I mean, if you do that driven cross, so that's uh, you hold R, B and cross, you do get this, uh, it often comes in at sort of volley height uh, and it feels very effective to volley that in. But I've tried a few first time shots and they don't feel as good as previous years. So I could probably get behind that. In terms of finishing, is there anything in this kind of area that you would recommend, Steve? Well, the, the volleys go like absolute bullets when you connect them, don't they? This, yeah, there's some weird stuff around shot power, I feel. Like. There is, yeah. <laughs> yeah, some wild shot yeah, power. Absolutely. Times. Yeah, but any volleys, not just the volleys from the from the crosses, I've noticed that any volleys absolutely fly off the laces. Again, I agree with what's said about the first-time shots there. I found a few cases where you're going for that sweaty pullback from the byline and you hit the shot first time and it just sort of trickles along to the goalkeeper. So, yeah, I think that it, it is a factor. And if you can get the ball into one of your strikers on a volley, certainly do so because they're uh, they're just ridiculous the way they come off the boot. Mm. Anything to add there, Japes, on the uh, the old shooting? Uh, I, I don't. I mean, I certainly haven't figured shooting out yet this year. I get way more chances than I actually finish. But I would agree that I don't feel like I'm scorey, scoring many first time chances that aren't coming in in the air yeah that's interesting actually because i feel like a lot of people have said that they found finishing generally a little bit easier than past years but you think you haven't necessarily got it down uh yeah i don't think i have it down i think also i i fall prey to having a lot of my shots blocked at this point when mm. I have clear-cut chances, I finish them often. But, you know, every every defender's got spider legs uh, to a certain degree. Or at least that's, that's the way it feels sometimes. And I perhaps I'm not allowing my shots to release fast enough. Or I'm indecisive when I get that a little bit of space. So I think it's just working on my timing a little bit more. And, you know, hopefully hopefully I will get there. Yeah, that's interesting, actually. Because that, that feeds into a question here from Grog, who's asking about our thoughts on... AI versus manual defending this year, how things have changed since last year. I'd like to focus at the beginning of the year more on what we can do to maybe improve and discussions around the actual uh, mechanics of the game and, and how we can, I guess, get better or, or have more fun and, and those kind of things rather than discussing, I guess, whether the game is good or not, because I think it's very hard to tell at this point. But moving on to his second question here, which is while there is a focus on manual defending, I feel it can be inconsistent and unrewarding with, for example, a well-timed manual standing tackle not resulting in the ball being won. But AI blocking, on the other hand, being uh, very strong. I I think AI blocking is quite strong, actually. And I I wonder whether we will see some changes to that. It feels very possible. Uh, But going into the tackling thing here, which is, I think, more interesting, perhaps, is I mentioned 
about the hard tackle, which you can trigger by holding RB and then hitting the tackle button. And a few people got in touch saying they tried it after last pod, found it very effective. Uh, it is something you need to learn. It, it's not going to be something that you can just be like, bam, I'm using it now to do all my tackles and it's working fantastically because you're going to give away fouls because you will tackle the player rather than the ball if you mistime it and it will lead to a foul, possibly a card um, or potentially worse, of course, as well. So I would just uh, use it with caution, but it does mean that when there's a an easy tackle, which you know you're going to win, you will definitely get the ball then. Whereas when you use your normal tackle in that situation, you know sometimes the ball can slip past. Also, the other thing I was saying, I think last week is you can't expect to win the ball if you're just going to walk into someone, which I think in previous years was really most people's go-to method of tackling was just to allow the opposition to walk into them. And I, I actually think this is a better thing about this year's game. Like I, I like the fact that you have to manually tackle and sometimes you have to do a hard tackle and take a bit more risk because japes there is that quote isn't there from maldini if you have to make a tackle then you've already made a mistake right i i think in in the real world i think that's a fair quote to say i think fifa is entirely different just based on how many players prefer to attack by taking players on in one-on-one situations in which case you have to tackle right and mm. so I think that even, especially your elite level players, um, you know, the pros that I've come up against are wildly skillful with their right stick dribbling. And I'm talking actual skill moves this year. Mm-hmm. And so you you are really f- like you could jockey. Right. But then you're never going to win the ball back. And I don't have the patience for that. And I'm sure many of you guys don't as well. And so uh, oftentimes I find tackling just kind of like a, a necessary aspect of the game shall we say Mm. yeah yeah, fair point and do you think that there is a particular way that you're increasing your chance of winning the ball in a tackle because i guess that's what most people seem to be complaining i mean i think it's that's where it's you know choosing to tackle at the right time and also i would say like people seem to be surprisingly scared of slide tackling and slide tackling i think has never been better um, yeah, agree, and yeah. it is really, really effective in certain situations. Now, I'm not telling you to go to ground every time, but if you aren't in a good situation to put in a strong, you know, regular tackle, think about whether or not it would be a good situation to put in a slide tackle, because oftentimes they might even do the thing where they now like hook their leg around to stop the attacker from running forward. To be quite honest with you, since I've had especially Ramos, I mean, I, I've always tended to use the jockey tackle. Because as soon as you go into that standing tackle animation, if it doesn't pay off, if you miss with the standing tackle, the the, the attacker, if if they're quick, if they're agile, they're past you. And, you know, by the time your player's exited that animation, it's all over. And I did have problems with it. When, When I was using a starter team, I really did have problems with it. But as I've built my team and got better players in there, I've had much, much less of a problem with it. So I think that people may find that it's... It's going to be a problem at the start of the game, but perhaps not so much as it progresses. It's, it's something that we'll have to wait and see, I guess. Mm. Totally agree with what Jake said about sliding tackles. They can get you out of a massive hole this year, I think. They're, they're, they're much more effective than they have been recently. I think you're running much less risk of, of getting a red card for them unless you mistime it really badly. And the other thing about the hard tackle as well, which I'd point out, is that it's incredibly effective if you want to make a professional foul. 
if if <laughs> yeah. it's cynical, but it's you know it's it's a thing. If if somebody's about to blow past your your defender and you're maybe the last line of defence, get on the hard tackle and bring them down. It's not pretty, but there you go. Yeah, and actually the uh, the referees seem quite reluctant to give cards. I feel like this year compared to previous years, like oh, they're they'll, not. They'll hand out a yellow for anything, but you try and get sent off. Yeah, exactly. So I think you're probably a little bit safer. Obviously, if they've got a yellow card, don't risk it. But um, certainly for a yellow card, you're probably worth worth a bit of risk here and there. One thing I would say on on the fact that I think it's true that you know, say if I brought someone like Varane and he's been really really strong in terms of that sort of jockey tackle semi-automatic uh tackle if you like the thing i'd say is that i found that when i played very very good attackers they would then be much more effective against me not tackling properly if that makes sense so i guess yeah if you're coming up against someone who's using you know rodrigo or or someone like that you're probably going to be safe to do a sort of jockey into them but then if I was playing someone like Mbappe, I would then have to actually tackle them to get the ball. So it might be one of those things where if you're ahead of the curve and the player's not so good that you're coming up against and your defender's very strong, you might be okay just going for a bit of a jockey tackle. But it's felt like you really need to go into a tackle and make it properly if they're a strong player, the likes of Mbappe, Neymar, etc., because they will just float out with the ball. Which, yeah, you, we can have a debate over whether <laughs> whether that's fair or not. I, th- I think they're very briefly, Ben. I think that what's important there is is balance as much as anything. If you've got an attacker that's got good balance and there's that mm. sort of jockey motion, if, if, if they've got good balance, they'll ride it and they'll have a fair chance of getting back to the ball. If it's somebody who's got less great balance, chances are that their momentum's going to be knocked, they're going to be staggering about and your uh, your defender can clean up. Yeah, and I think reactions too maybe because yeah, sure. when the ball spills from a defender off a tackle, for example, that's when reactions comes into play and probably aggression to see who wins the ball. So that can be important. I wanted to move on to another question actually. And we've had quite a few we always get quite a lot at the start of a FIFA cycle uh, don't forget there are some extra opportunities for questions to be answered with the Icon Roundtable happening on Sunday and if you're an Icon have them guaranteed to be answered too which is great but that said I do read them all and appreciate them all and often they'll influence what is discussed in the pod even if they're not specifically mentioned so Carl Eric here says I'll stay away from the word meta to avoid upsetting the panel by panel I assume he means you Steve I think but are there any specific effective plays in attack and defence that should be added to our repertoire before this weekend and he does though more specifically ask about what game plans we're planning to use japes i know you tend to want to go with a particular style and stick with it but have you got a few in your locker for this weekend uh i think i'll probably have a few tricks up my sleeve i'd imagine hey, go look mm. uh, we don't know anything about this game or the meta yet we all we like we mm. do but we don't the the idea of what is popular and what is commonly used will rear its ugly head once we actually get into weekend league and people are gonna say hmm that was an interesting tactic i got clobbered by that guy and i'll probably have that happen to me and be like i need to adjust because I haven't gotten comfortable with a certain formation or a certain tactic yet. So I think I'll probably bring in a couple different variations of formations, but really try to stick to one that I think is going to be strong for me and be difficult for people to deal with because they maybe haven't, they might, I might be able to catch some people off guard by it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And do you have a tactic yet that you're going to be? having is your sort of go-to for that weekend league do you think or have you not i'll probably have three of the following 
formations, and I'll list a few. Uh, 532, 3-5-2, 4-3-2, 4-3-3-4, 4-3-3-4, 4-3-3-4, 4-3-3-4, 4-3-3-4, 4-3-3-4, 4-3-3-4, 4-3-3-4, 4-3-3-4, 4-3-3-4, 4-3-3-4, 4-3-3-4, 4-3-3-4, 4
consistent formation that you feel comfortable with and that can, I suppose, feel out an opponent a bit. What I would say is, as I've always said, at 4-1-2-1-2 narrow, it's just so weak to three at the back formations because those three centre-backs will cover those three forwards very well. And then you've got the two CDM sitting in front of that and support from the other players coming back into the mix as well. In the past, I've been using the 3-4-2-1 because I think it's more effective going forward than the 3-5-2. But actually, I think with the need for a bit more defensive solidity and the fact that runs are better this year, I think the 3-5-2 is probably a better option. The one thing I would say about it, though, is that I still had to have my strikers on drift wide. It just felt like they needed a bit more encouragement to make the wider runs, which create space for the cam. And the key thing I would say is making sure if you're using the 3-5-2 to counter the 4 one 2 one 2 narrow, that you are taking your time and making sure that the right mid and left mid actually get involved in the attack because they are the ones that are going to be in acres of space. The switch is going to be on so much to those players. You've really got to make sure there is time to do that switch and make sure those players aren't in agile ones. They need to be fast. Ideally need to be able to shoot. I was using Florenzi, who isn't the quickest, but he does have a very good shot on him. And so if you have a fullback, I think they do need to be that type of player. You need another fullback, in my opinion, as one of your centre-backs and a quick centre-back without a doubt to play in one of the other outside centre-back spots. But I wouldn't worry too much about having a winger who is more of an attacker as one of your left or right midfielders. But I'll put the full thing in the tactics bank because we've kind of gone on enough here. But you do want to have quite high-ish depth because... I think it allows you to dominate the ball better. And I also think the key thing to note here is you're quite balanced otherwise, but you do want on the D-pad to select hug sidelines just because what that does is without stretching your whole team too much, it means that left mid and right mid will position themselves nice and wide for that switch across the pitch, which, as I said, creates so much danger. And you want to make sure that your CDMs are on stay back and cover center so they're not straying into areas where there isn't really much danger. And then the cam, you want to have that player on stay forward, really just because they do some weird defensive runs otherwise, and you can always move them back manually. So yeah, I really like that as an option. I'd really encourage people to just have it in your arsenal for this weekend. And also I did want to highlight as well, you know, many of you listening will know this, of course, but it's good to be reminded. And it's nice to remind myself because I'm not always the best at these things. But if you lose, do take a break if you can. I know not everyone has all the time in the world on the weekend. Maybe now as things out there are closed and maybe we have more time to play on the weekend, this could be something that you try and incorporate into your weekend league more. But you talk to any pros, this is what they really, really feel they have to do. I mean, obviously they lose less games, so it's, it's so much easier for them. But, you know, you talk to the sports psychologist we had on the other week, anyone like that will tell you you have to do that to reset your mindset and that mental side of things for weekend league is so important. And the other thing to mention there is just not playing too many games in a session. I mean, my best performances without a doubt have come when I've been able to say, okay, three games here, maybe four, and I'm off, do something else, come back to it. If you can squeeze in a practice game, so maybe make it a practice game and three weekend league games, it will make a huge, huge difference. This is not an exaggeration here. I genuinely think those things could see you get three more wins and into the next bracket in the weekend league. And I would also say, please don't suddenly change your tactics, your players, etc. Especially at this early stage, that familiarity you have with your team is actually way more important than a lot of people 
give credit for. It's why you see those rare gold teams still competing long into the game cycle because those people don't play so many games. They're pretty solid at the game, but they know their teams inside out. It's really important. Mm. And with all those things, if you can do them, please do it. It'll make a massive difference. But I say if, because not everyone can, don't kill yourselves trying to do them. Uh, we're trying to enjoy ourselves. <laughs> Remember that. And uh, talking of enjoying ourselves, Steve, wrap us up. Go on with a, with a skill move that you like at the moment. Yep. It's a new skill move that's been introduced into the game this year. The drag to heal is by far the most effective way of cutting in from the wing. Is that the one that's LB back and then the way you want to go? Yeah, it's, it's the Giovinco spin with the uh, with the LB or L1 modifier held in. Great. Well, let's leave it there then. Thank you both for appearing on both this and that content pod as well, which includes a good chunk of market chat covering this week and going forward too, as well as trading methods with I'm a Duck Quack, fantastic trader and great friend of the pod. That content pod out every week as early as possible on the Patreon feed, which you can get yourself by just signing up for only £3 a month and you get double the amount of podcast content. You support the pod, keep it going. And at the moment, there's a 12,000 FIFA point giveaway over there. So you can get that over at bit.ly slash pod points 21. So that's bit.ly slash pod points 21 that support keeps the pod going talk of which steve you've started that new venture yourself and i hear you've been sharing that 422 tactic and it's been going down well i have yeah and i just want to emphasize that they're not 422 they're 4222 um we're not playing with with nine players sorry uh, yeah, that would be bad um, <laughs> <laughs> would explain why i've struggled with that for most of <laughs> it's been received incredibly well the discord has been full of people sharing images and stories about how they've been smashing people five six nil using these tactics so that's gone down excellently if anybody wants to check that out um they can follow my secondary twitter account which is foot underscore academy and of course if you want to follow me on twitter you'll find me at the foot coach Lovely. And Japes, stream last weekend? I streamed last weekend. It worked out great. I'll be streaming some weekend league, I'd imagine, this weekend. Uh, Twitch.tv slash FIFA. The goal will be to get a video up, probably of the the tactics that I'm taking into weekend league. I'd love it to be, a, you know, a review of all of the tactics as well. But, um, you know, I think we'll... We'll have to see how I'm feeling this week, but you can always find my videos, youtube.com slash FIFA. And then if you have questions or just want to chat FIFA, you can tweet me at FIFA on Twitter. Nice. And I mean, as we're going through the plugs, I feel I should. If you're a Prime customer, you've got Amazon Prime, then you have a subscription that you can give to any Twitch streamer. And as Japes is A, of course, a regular on the podcast, but B, turn down Facebook gaming because he loves Twitch so much <laughs> and that Twitch community. You should go go give him your um, Prime subscription over on his Twitch, right? <laughs> I, uh, yeah, you heard it from Ben, not from me. <laughs> so I'll take it. I, I was in Japes' stream over the weekend and let me tell you, he may be getting on a bit now, but he's still got it. <laughs> I appreciate it, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> the, the proof is in the pudding on Japes' streams. Saturdays, what, 3.30 p.m.? Uh, I think it's about 3.30 UK, UK yeah, 9.30 like that, my yeah. time. I like to get up, have a cup of coffee, have breakfast with my wife, and then we get into a little bit of FIFA. How's, how's baby Graham? Uh, Graham's good, man. He's he's getting older by the day. They grow up oh so fast. Nice. So, uh, But being a dad's fun. When's he going to be able to grind SBC? <laughs> get him on squad battles. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know. I, you know, screens, there's the whole debate on 
screens with kids. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah. We'll see. Well, thank you both. And thank you to all you listeners for listening. It means a lot. And of course, if you're a supporter, please do check out that content pod. Uh, I know it's at a slightly different time, which may confuse people, but it is out very quickly after it's recorded or as quickly as I can get it out. A great thing about the new schedule this year. That does also mean the gameplay pod, seeing as it's not as time critical, will be out at a slightly varied time probably on a Wednesday most weeks and out for listeners on the main feed a bit later. And so finally then, a huge thanks to all you listeners, supporters and those icon patrons. Dave B, DJ FIFA player, Coach Vass, Hugh J, Thomas, Alan G, Hunter B, Alistair, Martin M, Matt L, Liam B, Harry P, Sam B, Adam G, Neil P, David S, Robbie S, Andrew C, Tom B, Jordan, Paul S, Yannick H, Stephen F, Eric T, Christopher R, Damon H, Jonathan P, Elliot M, Lee A, Paul, Johan P, Dominic, Rob P, Michael, Sila P, James P, Mikael L, Nishant, Dodgy Aussie, Anthony R, Also Ran, Jeff B, Stephen M, Roger D, Dan W, Bronco, Matt H, Alan M, and Savage P. Before I leave you, I just wanted to say that, well, FIFA is a bit like life, really. It has its many ups and its many downs. And if you are having a few more downs than ups in real life in these more difficult times, then please don't feel that you're alone or need to struggle on without taking action. If you go to www.thecalmzone.net, there's loads of resources, advice and support, or even just a chat available to anyone who needs it. I'd really encourage anyone listening who feels they need a bit of extra support to head over there. So that's www.thecalmzone.net. Finally, thank you for listening and I'll catch you on the next one. At Lowe's, we know you can get the job done faster if you don't have to stop and come into the store all the time. That's why we've updated our app with your business in mind. With the app, you can build quotes, easily reorder your supplies, track orders, and much more. So you can get everything you need right away, stay on the job, finish it, and get started on the next one. Download the app today. Because Lowe's knows time is money. Lowe's knows pros. At Lowe's, we know you can get the job done faster if you don't have to stop and come into the store all the time. That's why we've updated our app with your business in mind. With the app, you can build quotes, easily reorder your supplies, track orders, and much more. So you can get everything you need right away, stay on the job, finish it, and get started on the next one. Download the app today, because Lowe's knows time is money. Lowe's knows pros. Sports Social Podcast Network.